0: Welcome to the one for the money podcast. I'm your host, Johnny West. I'm a certified financial planner and here I will teach you the tips, tricks and strategies I use to help others retire early. This is the easy button when it comes to early retirement. Everything you want or need to know is right here. I'm so glad you join us on the show. Welcome to episode 37 of the One for the Money podcast. I am very grateful you've taken the time to listen. There is a debate amongst economists whether we will have a recession this year, and the Wall Street Journal recently noted that this has become the most anticipated recession in recent U.S. history. In this episode, I'll share about recessions and my five rules of investing. In the tips, tricks, and strategies portion, I will share a tip about the absolutely amazing power of dividends. Thank you for listening. Now on with the show. On March 6th, the Wall Street Journal had an article entitled why the recession is always six months away and noted the next economic downturn has become the most anticipated recession in recent U.S. history. Back in January, the Wall Street Journal noted that economists they had polled put the probability of a recession in the next 12 months at 61% which was little changed from 63% probability they had pulled a few months prior in October of 2022. The Wall Street Journal also noted that both of these values are historically high outside actual recessions. Now, recessions get a lot of attention, rightly so, as few things strike more fear in the hearts of Americans than the job losses, bankruptcies, and plummeting stock markets that can be associated with recessions. In episode 18 of the One for the Money podcast, I shared a painful personal story of when I got spooked during a recession and made an unfortunate decision, quite literally, because I didn't stay invested and missed out on tremendous gains as a result. Which begs the question, what should one do about their investments when we are on the supposed precipice of recession? I will defer to a comment from Nick Murray, who is a remarkable financial advisor who was so good, he became an advisor to other financial advisors as well. Here is what he said so well. All successful investing is goal-focused and planning-driven. All failed investing is market-focused and performance-driven. All successful investors are continuously acting on a plan. All failed investors are continually reacting to the markets. Everything else is commentary. As another advisor in my old office puts it, a to the men, amen to investing according to one's goals and to their financial plan. Yet I certainly get that even when investing with goals and a plan, the stock market can feel too much like a roller coaster. And during recessions, it can feel like an especially steep and scary roller coaster. But it's also important to know that like it or not, recessions can actually be a good thing. And while there are plenty of negative consequences of recession, there are an inevitable and necessary part of the economic cycle. Recessions are a way for the economy to bring things back into balance after they've strayed too far from reality. Many of you might remember the dot-com era, or dot-bomb as some now call it, when companies with nothing but a website domain name and no viable plan to make profits became valued at hundreds of millions and even billions of dollars. Pets.com and E-Toys are just two famous examples. More recently, the stocks from companies that facilitated working from home soared only to come back down to earth when their profit potentials came back down to earth as well. So how does this happen? Well, Benjamin Graham, the godfather of value investing and teacher and first employer of Warren Buffett, arguably the most famous investor in America and the world, Put it this way In the short run, the stock market is a voting machine, but in the long run, it is a weighing machine. The stock of popular companies are voted higher. It's a popularity contest. But over the long term, the stock market will weigh a business on exactly what they should be weighed the ability to generate consistent profits. And during recessions, that's when companies get weighed the most regarding their profitability. Consequently, Recessions move money back to businesses that really do generate reliable profits, which will enable future growth. Now, the best analogy I've found for clients is gardening. In order to get new growth, we have to cut back the overgrowth. With pruning done via recession, We get the conditions for future growth. For these reasons, my money and my client's money is invested in accordance with their goals, their financial plan, and with an emphasis on value investing and corporate profitability. But the ups and the downs of the market can be scary. So here are my five rules of investing during these volatile times. My first rule has already been mentioned. You must invest according to your goals and to a plan and not according to the stock market. My second rule is to know your time horizon. If you are within five years from retirement, it's absolutely imperative you begin making adjustments to your portfolio. Otherwise, there is a significant risk that you could have a lot less to spend during retirement. I explained these risks in episode 20 and how some of the greatest risks are when you are coming down from the retirement mountain. It would be a tremendous pity If you worked and saved for decades, only to have one bad year, put decades of savings at risk. Now, if you are five or more years from retirement and have the patience and are able to adopt a long-term perspective, a recession can be a great time to hunt for bargains and purchase undervalued assets. Benjamin Graham again expresses this wonderfully when he said, the intelligent investor is a realist who sells to optimists and buys from pessimists. Now, my third rule of investing is this. Ignorance can be bliss. Simply ignore the markets and keep making your periodic contributions via your retirement accounts. In episode 10 of this podcast, I outline the strategy of dollar cost averaging. What exactly is dollar cost averaging, or DCA for short? It's a strategy in which you invest in the stock market at regular intervals, be it weekly or monthly. Now, many already employ such a strategy through contributions to their retirement accounts in their 401ks or IRAs. With dollar cost averaging, you are investing regardless of whether the market is high or low. If the market is lower, you're buying. If the market is up, you are still buying. Benefit of the strategy is that it helps remove the emotion from investing. I recommend you listen to episode 10 where I share the reasons why one could benefit from dollar cost averaging. And I'll include a link to episode 10 in the show notes. Now, my fourth rule of investing is to look at the long-term history. Stocks most of the time go up and only sometimes go down. Over the past 100 years or so, the U.S. stock market is up roughly three out of every four years on average. Almost 60% of the calendar years have seen gains in excess of 10%. More than one-third of all years have experienced returns of 20% or more. So if we're down roughly 25% of the time, but up over 20% around a third of the time, then you're more likely to experience a 20% gain than a down year during that same period of time. But of course, there are times when the stocks do go down. Investors can behave irrationally and cause huge swings in the market. Now see rules one through three on how best to navigate. Now, my fifth rule of investing has two parts. Part A is don't believe the negative hype. Pessimists may sound smart, but optimists make money. The progress we have seen in the past 50 years has been remarkable, and the pace of positive change will only increase and continue. By investing in the stock of companies, you are investing where the innovation happens. I point this out in two different episodes entitled, respectively, The Case of Optimism, Parts 1 and 2. See Episodes 17 and 32. Things have gotten a lot better for everyone on this beautiful world. Just one example. In the 1980s, 50% of the world lived in poverty. Now it's less than 10% if we focused instead on the negative, we would have missed out on how bright the future can be. Now, the world never actually comes to an end. And if it ever does, we'll have bigger problems than the performance of our portfolios. As the investor and brilliant blogger Ben Carlson puts it so well, this is the life of a perma bear. And that's the name for investors that have a consistent negative outlook. Every year, they are wrong, wrong, right, wrong, wrong, wrong. Right, wrong again, wrong, right, wrong, wrong, wrong again, right. Well, you get the point. By focusing on the negative, we miss out on the opportunity all around us. Let's say we told someone in 1900 that the falling would occur in the next 120 years. There would be two world wars where tens of millions of people were killed. There would also be over 30 other major wars and conflicts with multiple genocides, 17 recessions in the United States alone. One depression, hundreds of terrorist attacks around the globe, bouts of mass starvation, and two global pandemics, one in 1918 and one, of course, in 2020. And if you then asked that person if they wanted to invest in the stock market during that period, they may have said you'd be crazy. And yet the results were nothing short of remarkable as the Dow rose from 66 in 1900 to nearly 32000 As a result of today's recording now this leads to part b of my five rules of investing avoid the fear-mongering hucksters the insurance salesmen who promise you all upside and no downside with investing via insurance products on which they earn high commissions losses impact investors twice as much as gains of a similar magnitude and seeing the value of your nest egg decrease can be incredibly disheartening experience. And sadly, far too many succumb to these emotions and sell their investments. In fact, a study by Fidelity found that close to one third of investors over the age of 65 sold all of their stocks during the coronavirus meltdown. Consequently, investors' fears of losses can be so great that insurance salesmen can convince them to put their entire investment portfolios into insurance products that can protect them from quote unquote losses, but also have huge hidden fees and expenses and limitations that massively impact potential gains. While these products can provide a smoother ride, it leads to a much, much poorer future. Your growth is capped and you don't receive dividends. Now, there are newer and better strategies to use that can offer the same and similar protections without the restrictions and commissions associated with these products. In conclusion, recessions can be very scary, but as I mentioned at the beginning, all successful investing is goal-focused and planning-driven. All failed investing is market-focused and performance-driven. Investing is important, but it involves risk. Even if you kept the money in cash, you are simply trading off one risk for another, namely inflation. There is no single way to invest that will guarantee success. But there is one way to guarantee terrible results with your life savings. Don't invest your money. If you just keep your savings in the bank, sure, you don't have to worry about the risks of a recession and its impact on the stock market, but you'll crush any chances of increasing your wealth over time. My personal strategy is to continue saving and investing and following my plan no matter what the market is doing. And for those within five years of retirement, investment planning needs to be done. I'll get off my soapbox now. Thank you so much for listening. I do hope you found this helpful. Now on to the tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast, where you'll just be amazed by the power of a little thing called dividends. Welcome to today's tips, tricks, and strategy portion of the podcast, where I'll share a strategy regarding the reinvesting of dividends. What exactly is a dividend? Well, when you own stock in a company, you are a part owner of that company. You may directly own shares or own shares via a mutual or exchange traded fund, also known as an ETF. When these companies make a profit, they share these earnings with the owners, Dividends are not guaranteed, but instead is determined by the company's board of directors based on how well the company did in relation to its goals. Dividends are often distributed quarterly and may be paid out as cash or can be reinvested back into the company for additional stock. That's the topic of this portion of the podcast. Now, it sounds simple enough but the impact is nothing short of remarkable. Again, I turn to Ben Carlson to demonstrate the power these profits can have on your portfolio. But first, this is using the S&P 500. A reminder, the S&P 500 is 500 of the largest publicly traded companies in the United States. You know the names, McDonald's, Costco, Walmart, Nike, Starbucks, Amazon, Apple, Tesla, and And the list goes on. The data from the S&P 500 is from 1928 through the end of 2022. Now, the price of the index has gone from a little less than 18 in 1928 to more than 3,800 at the end of 2022. Using this value, that is good enough for a total return of more than 21,500% or an average return of 5.8% per year. Pretty good, right? But what if we factored in reinvested dividends for a total return number? This gets us from 5.8% per year to 9.9% annually over the past 95 years of data. So that's 70% higher when you reinvest the cash flows back into the market. Does this mean the total returns would be 70% higher as well? Not even close. As Ben Carlson points out, compound interest works exponentially not linearly. And so the total returns are way, way higher. With dividends reinvested, the total return goes from 21,500% at a 5.8% annual rate of return to 750,000% for a 9.9% return. The total return is around 35 times higher than the price return alone. So a dollar invested in the U.S. stock market in 1928 in price returns would have grown to around $216 by the end of 2022. But with dividends reinvested, we're talking that $1 would have turned into $7,500 instead of $216. Now, it should be noted that this doesn't take into account things like taxes or fees or the fact that it was basically impossible to reinvest your dividends very easily until recent decades. But we can easily invest these now and it shows the power that a few dividends can make. This is also a huge reason why you would never ever want to put your entire portfolio in an insurance product that pays zero dividends. Think of the tremendous gains that People have given up for the next few decades. It's certainly a smoother ride, but again, to a much poorer future. Well, again, I hope you found this helpful and you saw the power of dividends and just want you to remember that a better life is a result of better planning. Have a great one. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that no one builds wealth by accident. If you want to learn more about how to build wealth to retire early, head on over to my website at betterplanningbetterlife.com. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. Johnny West is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.